Hello, and welcome to the Half-Blind Hecklers episode 75! I know, 75 episodes in, and multiple ups and downs, and all over the place, and everything's going a little crazy! I can even do it with a big moan in the Bill Crosby voice. It's gone crazy! It's gone crazy with the Half-Blind Hecklers! <laughs> that did not go nearly as well. It became like a Bill Cosby, Arnold Schwarzenegger mix, and that was just weird. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Moving on. Moving on. So today we have... Yeah, we have some interesting stories. Nothing, like, super duper out there. Kind of like last Tuesday, where it's a bunch of, like, fairly moderate stories. Nothing too crazy. But with long-term implications, especially the first story. So, of course, the first story is about Bill H.R. 1, which has passed the House and is now going towards the Senate, and the Democrats seek to remove the filibuster, and yay, that's awful in about 30 different ways! And I'm going to detail what H.R. 1 entails and why it's so flipping scary. <clears throat> so, then we're going to watch this video, uh, it's going to appear in a second, about the new CDC guidance and how it makes zero sense and why anybody really following the kind of establishment public health measures nowadays is just being foolish because none of them make any sense. Then we're going to talk about this whole new about how people are starting to use the lefties' nonsensical language against them, and it's absolutely beautiful. Meet Super Straight and Blue Anon. We're going to talk more about Super Straight than Blue Anon, but we'll mention both. Then we're going to talk about how Derek Chauvin's trail, trial, trail, trial is set to begin in a few days, and they're kind of winding, they're starting up the jury selection. And. We're going to talk about how there's an outbreak of COVID-19 in the BC care home where resident staff were already vaccinated. Huh, that's interesting. Then finally, this is going to be a special story from the blind one, because it really, really matters to him. And of course, it should matter to all of us, because China should be on everyone's radar of evil. About how China is expanding its two Air Force bases close to Taiwan. And that is some scary crap. Jumping right in, Democrats are burning all the bridges and drive to change how we vote. So this article, usually of course we read part of an article and then I kind of give extrapolate on the rest. But this one I want you, I want to go over every bit of the article because this bill changes a lot of things and knowing about all the things that it changes is exceptionally important. So it would be fitting if Democrats undertook a radical procedure step Procedural step to pass a radical piece of legislation. That's what the left is pressuring Senate Democrats to do by eliminating or significantly curtailing the filibuster to pass H.R. 1, the sweeping vote voting proposal that is one of the most execrable, 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 whatever, bills to pass the House in a, long, a very long time. If you have a better way of pronouncing that word, it's really the one that's fooled me so far. HR1 would federalize the conduct of elections and codify we were supposed to be emergency what was supposed to be emergency voting procedures during the pandemic in a frankly partisan legislation sheathed in the rhetoric of voting rights. The 
According to advocates of the bill, anything to tighten up or maintain good practices worthy of ballot security regarding ballot security is voter suppression worthy of the Jim Crow South. By this way of thinking, Republicans' efforts at the state level say to reduce the days available to early voting. A bill in Idaho, Iowa would reduce early voting from its start 29 days before an election to 20 days would disenfranchise millions. Never mind that, of course, in deep blue New York state only allows early voting 10 days before an election. Voter ID laws, a bogeyman of supporters of HR1, were recommended by a 2005 partisan commission jointly led by Jimmy Carter and James Baker, neither of which will ever be mistaken for Bull Connor. Not too long ago, it was a feature of, bill, of big part bipartisan voting bills to require states to periodically clean up their voter rolls, another common-sense measure that is now considered tantamount to wielding bully clubs and police dogs. There may be many problems besetting American democracy, but people turning up to vote is not one of them. Turnout exploded in the 28 midterms, and of course during the pandemic it exploded in 2020 as well. During the pandemic, with both Democrats who availed themselves of early voting and Republicans who voted same day showing up in historic numbers. That's also true. In res response largely to a non-problem, Democrats want to trample on the prerogatives of states to conduct elections, mandating their electoral priorities throughout the land. So this is what the bill does. They would have no choice to accept same-day registrations. People applying for various government programs or for college would be registered automatic, automatically, which of course means that anybody receiving welfare, welfare or aid would be registered automatically, even if they're illegals. States couldn't turn away the registration of 16-year-olds even though they can't legally vote. States couldn't require voter ID. That is insane. They couldn't remove inactive voters from the rolls. They couldn't work with other states to try and find duplicate registrations six months after the election. It would be a pandemic-era mail-in voting forevermore, with no ID or witness signatures required and ballot harvesting and drop boxes mandatory everywhere. This would destroy voting. Felons could no longer be barred from voting. The federal government would pay to train high school students how to register people to vote and fund campus voter coordinators on campus as well as give colleges grants to register students. To truly bring home that the states are being divested of powers that go back to the founding of the Republic, state legislatures would no longer draw congressional districts. Instead, the task would be taken up by purportedly independent commissions. The FEC would no longer be bipartisan, and sundry provisions would prohibit or chill unwelcome political activity. Then many Democrats say the filibuster should fall for this bill as a symptom of the fevered state of the party, which, despite holding or winning every elected branch of the federal government, has conjured out of nothing a vast conspiracy to stop people from voting that allegedly, ju allegedly justifies one of the most blatant federal power grabs in recent memory. So, yeah, the rest is more conjecture. But that's crazy. Like, anybody with half a brain looks at the events that happened in the 2020 election, and they kind of say, hmm, that's pretty sketchy. Hmm, there's a lot of issues with this election. Hmm, maybe we should reconsider some of the things we're doing here. The Democrats don't want to do that. The Democrats want to take the problems that they had in the 2020 election and make them permanent. And make it so that you can never change them again. Like, these propositions would basically make the United States a one-party state for the Democrats, and the Democrats could pass whatever they want. I've, of course, been saying this would be a symptom of not investigating this 2020 election, that we, nobody would ever trust elections again. 
and that the Democrats would win in a landslide every time because nobody's going to stop them from cheating. And now they're like, who cares? Like, who cares if people know that we're trying to rig the system in our favor? Nobody can do a damn thing about it now. And that's the crazy part. Because it's true, nobody can do anything about it. And that's really scary. Because you should be able to say, nope, that's inappropriate. Our state will gather, we're going to vote on it, we're going to say if it's constitutional or not, it might go to the Supreme Court of the state, it might go to the District Court, it might go to the Supreme Court of the United States, and they should vote on it saying that it's unconstitutional. This bill, by any reasonable stretch of the imagination, is unconstitutional. And of course, 20 Republican attorneys general argue that it is unconstitutional. Chief legal officers of 20 states sent the letters of leaders of the U.S. House and Senate arguing that both the House and Senate versions of the bill, which deals with federal election law, betray several constitutional deficiencies and alarming mandates. It would invert that constitutional structure, commandeer state resources, confuse and meddle elections procedures, and erode faith in our elections and systems of government. Yeah, they would. I'm not, I'm not going to read that whole article because it goes into exactly how it's unconstitutional. And feel free to read it yourself. I'm going to link it in the description. They make a good point. And I totally agree with them. If we are willing to accept that they're passing this and they can do whatever they want, then we have to challenge it on a constitutional basis because that's the only basis that the right has left right now. Because the left has complete establishment control over the government. And basically the only thing the right has a single hope of changing, the single hope of mandating, is saying, okay, well, we have to hope to high heaven the Supreme Court does its job and rules this bill unconstitutional. Because if they pass the filibuster, which of course the two senators against the filibuster and the Democrats, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, Joe Manchin is already starting to cave. If he caves, it will be a 49-51 split. Kristen Sinema probably won't be likely that far behind, and then it'll be a 50-50 split, and then Kamala Harris will vote for this thing, because this is what she wants. She wants this crazy, stupid crap that will destroy election integrity in the United States. However, you think it's just limited to the United States? The Canadian Liberals want this too. They're pushing for mail-in ballots. They're pushing for all this stuff where you don't need to require ID to vote because it just pushes their voter block, which are a lot of new immigrants that they've moved in and basically are paying their way. It's like, yes, we'll support you. And because you're on government welfare, you already have a voter ID. Even though you're not really a citizen, you have voter registration. So you can pat our real, you can pat our ballots in our favor. That's deplorable. It's disgusting. I don't want anything to do with it. Nobody reasonable should. And everybody should be trying to fight it in every way they can. Unfortunately, in Canada, because we have no checks and balances to power, they can do whatever they want to push it through. And in the United States, all the checks and balances are currently from the Democrats because they rigged the election. And yes, I'm on YouTube so that I can say that. This election was won by Donald Trump. I say that without any shadow of a doubt. It was won by Donald Trump, and then the Democrats pulled out a lot of sly tactics and cheated. 
they cheated. In all of those six states, the poll numbers were surprisingly accurate. In every other state, they were wrong by five to six points. What does that tell you? Are all the other states wrong? I doubt it. Are those states wrong? More than likely. Especially with all the really, really questionable stuff that happened in those states that Steven Crowder has proven, that the Voter Integrity Fund has proven, that over and over and over and over and over again, which accounts to several hundred thousand ballots, which in these states is enough. It's enough to change it. So the fact that they didn't change anything, and then of course in the Georgia runoff, the exact same thing happened, the exact same crap was pulled, and nobody cared. Nobody noticed, nobody cared, nobody took two seconds to think about it. Nobody trusts American elections anymore. And this bill must fail. They must fix their election system. If there is to be any hope for the American government moving forward when it comes to elections. I hope and I pray that they can fix this. Because I still do want to become an American. Canada just sucks. It just sucks. I would love it if Alberta became the 51st state, much more than Puerto Rico becoming the 51st state, or even if Puerto Rico became the 51st state, then Alberta would become the 52nd. Because we need this to happen. Canada is a failed country. The United States still has a chance. And I would far prefer to join up with the states than stay in this hellhole. But moving on to a really, really stupid thing. Just like that HR1, now we're going to talk about the CDC releasing guidance for the fully vaccinated. You would expect that if you're fully vaccinated, you can do whatever you want. But wait, what? No, 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 you can't. Listen, check this out. Apologies, just need to fix my audio. I shall fix that for you. I'll try that again. For those who have the vaccine. CDC recommends that fully vaccinated people can visit with other fully vaccinated people in small gatherings indoors without wearing masks or physical distancing. Remember here we are talking about private settings where everyone is vaccinated. The agency stresses though everyone, whether you got a shot or not, should continue to wear masks and practice social distancing when out in public. Over 90% of the population is not yet vaccinated and that is our responsibility to protect those who remain unvaccinated and remain vulnerable. A person is considered full. Yeah, so. Think about what she's saying there. She's saying that if you're vaccinated and other people are vaccinated, you can have small gatherings where people don't wear masks. Why? Why wouldn't you have big gatherings? There was another, another part of that video, which I think it's further down here, but I haven't gotten. It's 
wait a bit further down, and I forget exactly what the timestamp is, but I encourage you to watch the rest of this video, because it just gets like, huh? That doesn't make any sense. Where it says that if you have a bigger group and they're all vaccinated, then they should wear masks in between, like, at mealtimes before, before and after you eat. It's like, nobody should be wearing a mask if you're all vaccinated, if, according to your own stupid guidelines. And yet they say, even if you're vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask in public. Why would you be wearing a mask in public if you've already been vaccinated? Shouldn't the, the vaccine protect you? Of course, most of us who've been researching this know that it's completely useless. And that it's only going to provide temporary protection. And then, it, of course, compared to the variants, it's only like half useful. Okay. Lost. Sorry about that. I, I lost my internet for a second, which dropped the connection with my webcam because it's wireless. So, apologies. Hopefully, it won't happen again. Moving on. Moving on. So, yeah, even if you've worn the mask, I mean, even if you've been vaccinated, you still have to wear the mask in public. That makes zero sense. Absolutely zero. Why would you wear it if it supposedly protects you? Why would you continue following their guidelines if you're not at risk of either passing it on or contracting it yourself? Of course, they know that the vaccine is only going to temporarily protect them, and in about four months, they're going to say, oh, like the vaccine's not that useful. You need booster shots. That's what they're going to be pushing for. It's probably going to be moving towards, but they're not willing to tell you that. We here, we are willing to tell you that. We're willing to say that as more, more variants come in, as more information is dug up, we'll be saying, well, like the first dose of the vaccine, it wasn't that safe and it wasn't that effective against these new variants. So we cooked up a new batch and now everyone has to take it. Of course, we all already know that these vaccine passports are becoming more and more common. Employers are making them mandatory, which raises a whole bunch of other moral and legal and ethical questions, which we went into on the video on Thursday. And I encourage you to watch it. It was a good conversation. But if we are following these guidelines, these guidelines change all the time. They are not consistent in any way. Like we've said from the beginning, how come Walmart and Costco and Superstore and all these big retail box stores can stay open and have several hundred people inside, whereas churches have to be limited to 15%? And so instead of having several hundred people inside, you'll have like 20. How are 20 people more risky than hundreds? Simple solution, they're not. But that's the... The public health guidelines have absolutely nothing to do with public health. The public health guidelines are all about pushing a narrative, making people believe something that's not true. Of course, that's, it's painful for me to watch. It's painful for me to see all these people that are blindly accepting whatever these public health guidelines are. It hurts me inside a little bit. And anybody that's following them blindly without challenging, without questioning, without doing their own research, 
like the term sheep comes up and as we go further into this pandemic as we go further into this disaster as we go further into these lockdowns that have no end in sight it becomes more and more of a relevant term anybody who's following the guidelines to a t is a sheep i took my kids to the dentist today of course i would like yeah i broke the rules I didn't wear a mask inside. My kids didn't wear a mask inside. We were all, quote unquote, supposed to. But I choose not to because just saying no is the only way we move forward. There was a guy that went in before us that had two masks on. That's somebody who has so bought into the lie, the myth, the stupidity of all of this. That he's just willing to do whatever they tell him if it makes him feel safer. I pity him. I, I hope that these people can be educated, these people can be taught what the reality is, because what they've been told is a lie. And I hate it when the media, when these organizations deliberately deceive people so that they can stay in power, so that people can stay afraid, so they can become fear-mongering people that the masses listen to because the masses have been convinced that the only way through this is mass panic. And of course, those that realize that mass panic is not going to solve anything, all they're shown is ultimate disdain and hatred. There was a video from a Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever it is, where a lady didn't have a mask, and yeah, she was a bit belligerent, but the retail clerk clocked her for not wearing a mask clocked her that is not an appropriate response to someone not wearing a mask it cannot be appropriate response anybody saying that's an appropriate response you are a massive moron you are immoral you are evil if somebody disagrees with you talk to them rationalize present facts present logic reason with them if they're believing this crap you can present things that go against their narrative and you should because we have to convince more people to join our side convince more people to rally with us on march 20th convince more people to open up their doors convince more people to stop sending their kids to school with masks on I don't know how I'm going to contravene that, but I will flipping do it. Convince people to go to churches that are opening up and say, if you're not opening up, you're not following the Bible, you are a heretic. Yeah, that's how serious we're getting. People ask, why are you so serious? Like, why are you so focused on this stuff? Because this is what it was like prior to Nazism in Germany. This is what it was like prior to communism in Russia. Like, I get that people are struggling with issues, but this is so much bigger. This is where we have the chance to end it. This is the point. This is the line. Draw it in the sand. Fight. Now. No more caking. No more giving. This is the line.
peacefully, civilly disobey. Do not use violence. I would never encourage you to use violence unless the government was doing terrible, terrible things. We're not there yet. This is the way to prevent the government from getting there. If they get to the point where not where Soviet soldiers, where Canadian troops are coming and grabbing people like me off the street, then yeah, resist violently. But we're not there yet. But be watchful, be waiting, be prepared. Because it's coming. And I don't want anyone to suffer. A bit of a lighter, kind of a <laughs> more trivial story. I probably should have saved that one until near the end, but it is what it is. This is going to be segmented off anyway. So people are starting to use the lefties and nonsensical language against them, and it's absolutely beautiful. Meet hashtag super straight and hashtag blue and on. So you can see by these, what is super straight? This is a new sexuality that means... You were only attracted to cisgender women or men. This was made due to an influx of people saying that if you aren't straight, if you aren't straight, if you aren't attracted to trans women or men, we're part of the LGBTQ plus now. And then Blue Anon is the loosely organized network of democratic voters, politicians, and media personalities who spread left-wing conspiracy theories such as the Russia hoax, Jesse Smollett, Ukraine, Covington Kids, Brett Kavanaugh, and Blue Anon. Your adherents firmly believe that right-wing extremists are going to storm Capitol Hill any day now and remove lawmakers from office. It's so true, though. So, one of the biggest issues conservatives have faced in recent decades is the lack of control over shaping language. See, everyone right of Marx believes that in objective scientific definitions. For example, a tree is a tree. For the left, however, a tree might not be a tree. A tree might be an animal. A man is a woman. An expensive death sentence is an affordable health care. War is peace. Ignorance is strength. Now you begin to understand me. This is how we've come to a point where most labels in mainstream culture are created by the politically correct left, whether it be income inequality, social justice, inclusion, cultural appropriation, or anti-racism. But with their destruction of meaning, the less ideology that language and reality can be molded in whatever form you fancy is starting to backfire. <laughs> so, a term super straight developed out of increasing insistence that men must date trans women, which is a way of saying that biological men must date biological men who identify as women, or else they are transphobic. Yes, this is a thing. It's super stupid. So, as a man, I'm apparently hateful if I don't want to date, marry, and be intimate with another biological male. The argument is that men should want to date both biological women and biological men identifying as women because the two are one and the same. So, this is the new Twitter bio. What is super straight? This is a new sexuality that means you are only attracted to cisgender. Already went over it. So, and then it says, look in the difference. It has this very handy little graph. Says the Wokies were immediately infuriated. <laughs> you can't just make up your own sexual and gender ideology, they cried. And of course, that lasted all the five milliseconds before their world even <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't want to date a trans person. You have to, transphobe. Straight person comes back. I'm super straight. No, you can't just make your own sexuality. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but like this may be. It may seem really stupid, and of course it is It is stupid, but it's all stupid. It's all stupid. Like, nobody is taking this crazy seriously. It's all a joke meant to laugh at the radical left. And how do the radical left take it? This is how the radical left take it. If I ever see anyone calling themselves super straight, I won't hesitate to kill them with my bare hands. 
I'm going to attack and kill anyone identifying as super straight, by the way. I wish all super straight people an ugly evening. I'm coming to kill you. Super straight, more like super, I want to kill more of you. This is, of course, another way how they react. Social media trans people identifying as super straight. The transphobic, transphobic campaign was meant to divide LGBTQ people. Super straight, yada yada. It gained traction on toxic forums like 4chan and Kiwi farms. In deleted threads, threads, users pushed to spread the transphobic trend to divide LGBTQ people. Ugh, it's so terrible. Dividing LGBTQ people. Like, this is... Does anyone actually believe there are a hundred genders? I'm sure it's only the most radical of radical of radical LGBTQ pushers that believe that the number of genders is infinite. Most people believe there are only two genders. Most rational people believe there's only two genders. Of course, if you go to the internet and be like, oh no, there are not more than two genders. There are infinite number of genders because those are the people that are the most crazy radical wokes. And anyone listening to the crazy radical wokes is kind of crazy themselves. And it's meant entirely to be a joke. They're saying, oh, you can't just invent your own sexual orientation. You do. That's why there are like over a hundred of them that you claim exist. These things are not real. They're delusionary. And these guys, however silly it may have been, they were right to do it. If we can laugh about how ridiculous gender ideology has become, then maybe pe people might stop taking it so flipping seriously. Transgenderism is delusional. Transgenderism is a mental condition. These people should be receiving mental help. Not encouragement, not enabling them. They should be receiving mental help. And we should be giving it to them. We should be encouraging them to get it. Like Ben Shapiro says, why are we encouraging delusion? That's what all these genders are. They're delusionary activity because people want to identify as victims. Because if they can identify as victims, then A, they can blame everyone else for their problems, and B, then they can campaign to become a protected class in society until nothing can be done against them because then it will be seen as a hate crime. So yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally on board with, yeah, like these super straights, they can... They can join with the LGBTQ and they can become part of the, the agenda and they'll become protected class because they're a victim mentality now. It's like, yeah, I know it's a joke. These people know that it's a joke. You know who they're laughing at? The radical left? You know who they're laughing at? You! They're laughing at the radical left because you are out of your bloody mind. You've been pushing this crap for so long and nobody's pushed back on you. And this is the kind of pushback you get. Really low-key, humor-filled stuff, and your response is to kill them? To threaten with death? Stop taking yourself so bloody seriously and get a life! Get a life! That you deserve to be castigated from society if you think that a joke is worthy of killing someone. So yes, I identify as super straight. 
I am a proud super straight. Super straights unite! I know it's stupid. I know it's not a real thing. But anything that trolls the radical left? Yeah. Especially if it's something so insignificant and actually pokes a meaningful bit of fun at their insanity, I'm all for it. And you should be too. So, ha 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 ha. Hilarious. Join with me, super straights of the world. <laughs> Moving on to this crap. So, Derek Chauvin trial live. Jury selection ends for day. Three jurors seated. So, by the end of a lengthy day, three jurors were seated. Several were struck by state and defense. The prospective jurors ranged from eager to fearful. Some expressing concerns about their safety and the safety of their families that their identities became public. Yeah. So Chauvin, as we know, is charged with second-degree murder and manslaughter in the death of George Floyd last May. Prosecutors contend Floyd was killed by Chauvin's knee, pressed against Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes, while he was handcuffed and pinned to the pavement, which is not true. So three weeks have been set aside to choose the jury, and the police in Minneapolis are already preparing for riots. Because why wouldn't they be preparing for riots? Because he's clearly not guilty of second-degree manslaughter. You know how I know that he's not guilty of second-degree manslaughter? This. Police training expert speaks out about fa fatal Minneapolis incidents. So this guy worked as a police officer for 20 years, ran police training for the state. Someone died in the process of being arrested, which is never something we want to do. So cell phone, video, yada, yada, yada. The neck restraint is listed as a non-deadly force option in the Minneapolis Police Department Policy and Procedure Manual according to the police. The unconscious neck restraint shall only be applied in the following circumstances. On a subject who is exhibiting active aggression, which he sort of was, for life-saving purposes, or on a subject who is ex exhibiting active resistance in order to gain control of the subject, and the lesser intents and control of it have been or will likely be ineffective, neck restraints have not been used against subjects who are passively resisting, as defined by policy. George Floyd asked to be detained on the ground. Like, he might not have met the necessity for, like, active or passive resistance. But yeah, he was swerving and he was, like, what is that word? Active delirium. Like, he was out of his mind. Of course, the autopsy report that he had methamphetamines, that he had fentanyl in his system. So pushing for a secondary murder charge is insane. Even the prosecution, I'm going to go back to this article by USA Today, saying that an appeals court has yet to weigh in on whether jury selection is possible. The defense asked the state Supreme Court to review a third-degree murder charge. Jury selection had been delayed Monday due to a debate over this. Yet, if it's a third-degree murder charge, third-degree murder, I think, is more of like an accidental death akin to manslaughter. Like, that's possible. He could be guilty of third-degree murder. Second-degree murder? No. That's not second-degree murder. It can't be second-degree murder. Second-degree murder means that he would have had to have had intent. And he doesn't have intent. Anybody who watched the video prior to him, to George Floyd being detained on the ground, knows... Excuse me. They know that there was no intent. They know that there was no racially motivated... Actions. 
Like, yeah, he probably called him to a state of, like, hyperactive delirium, and along with the methamphetamines and the fentanyl, killed him. But that's what happens when you're arrested, or when you're detained, for using counterfeit bills, and when you're high on serious drugs. Do I wish that George Floyd died? No. Do I think that there should be some punishment, or at least some major change, to the police system where a neck restraint via the knee is appropriate? Of course. There should be major changes to the police system. There should be major changes saying that, all right, we're going to find other methods to do this. Use a spit hood. Use something like that. Other forms of detainment. They probably should have left him in the car. Excited delirium. That's the word. That's the phrase. Excited delirium. Because he was in a state of excited delirium. But of course, George Floyd was no angel. He was a pretty terrible person. And people are trying to people tried to say that, oh yeah, like he he turned his life around. No, he didn't. If he turned his life around, he would not be on meth and fentanyl. And yeah, I don't like that a guy died. But to pin it on the cop, and the cop alone, is negligent, and it tells a false narrative that I want nothing, nothing to do with. So, are there going to be riots because he's probably going to be acquitted of second-degree murder? Yeah, probably, because that's what BLM and Antifa do, because they're terrorists. Do I have any qualms about telling them terrorists? Nope. So that's exactly what they are. They are terrorists. Willing, active, and have no constraints over harming the innocent or anyone who gets in their way. They should all be arrested if they show up at a, a violent riot. Unfortunately, I know that they won't. In Portland, they've been throwing out cases by Antifa and BLM members. A bit of a lag, and I'm sorry. Okay, it's fixed itself. Yeah, they've thrown out cases of violent Antifa and BLM members because it's politically convenient to do so. Because the Democrats are in charge, and the Democrats like BLM and Antifa because they push their agenda, and they can pretend, oh, they're they're more of like an idea. They're not really a group. It's like, yeah, they're a group. They're the most hate-filled people in today's society. They are terrorists. And Trump was right to call them so. And they will cause more violence and more death. Especially in Minneapolis, if this trial results in an acquittal. If it doesn't result in acquittal, then along with elections, who's going to trust the courts? It's like, oh, you were involved in a politically, like, a politically involved shooting, a politically involved incident? Like a public incident where people know about it and people are calling for your head, who would claim that you're innocent? Everybody's going to claim you're guilty because the mob mentality rules. And that is far more scary. Things in this world are getting bloody dark. So, if you can, buy a gun, protect yourself, protect your family. Because things are getting hot. Things are getting scary out there. 
I've never been shy to admit to not admit that things are getting scary. So, all right, last couple of stories, a bit smaller. New outbreak of COVID nineteen BC care home where residents and staff were already vaccinated. So a new outbreak of COVID-19 had been declared at the Cottonwoods Care Center in BC's interior, where staff and residents already received vaccines, the provincial health officer announced Monday. BC Center for Disease Control had confirmed that its website that 82% of residents had been vaccinated as of February 15th. The center did not provide information about how many staff were immunized. In a live conference, provincial health officer Bonnie Henry said being vaccinated doesn't mean transmission will be stopped or the precautions must remain in place for seniors in care homes. Again, this is sort of repeating what the CDC has said, but you can have transmission even when people are fully vaccinated. The illness seems to be milder and doesn't transmit as much, and we won't see explosive, rapid explosive outbreaks. That's what you think. Really, all Bunny Henry is doing is trying to convince people to take the vaccine, even though we know that it doesn't protect people, we know that it doesn't protect transmission, and that they're still going to be mandating the public health orders and the public safety measures because they have nothing to do with public health, and they're all to do with these people having control so that they and their white lab coats can rule the world. So they can have their 20 minutes of fame, which should have been over 18 minutes ago. Two staff members and 10 residents have tested positive at Cottonwoods, which has 221 publicly funded beds. Henry said that all staff and residents of the home were offered immunizations that there was a very high uptake of the vaccine. She said some of the cases were most people who had received two doses of the vaccine. Honestly, who would take the vaccine at this point? Like, you have to just be so unaware of modern current events that you're just willing to say, well, like, the government, the health officer told me to take it, and so I'm going to take it. Like, I had, I had a nurse come over to my house on, fr on Saturday, and we were chatting about vaccines, whether my business, where my place of work was going to make them mandatory. And I said, oh, I sure hope not. Like, I'm not going to take it. My kids will never take this vaccine. Like, some reports are showing that it's not that safe and that it's not going to have long-lasting effects. Against the South African strain, the vaccine is only 60% effective. Why on earth would we believe that it's, vac that it's effective long-term? And in children and in people my age, it's just not that dangerous. And of course, there are treatments that work that have been ignored. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. All this stuff was supposed to, should have received massive research. Instead, only several studies were done in small places, like Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, like the country of Peru. These places proved that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin worked. And yet, because they're cheap, because the FDA and the CDC won't be making much money off of them, and while they will be making money on people taking the vaccine ad infinitum, they chose to ignore the working treatments and push for a vaccine, even a vaccine that has so many side effects and problems that the wait time to report a vaccine-related side effect is several thousand long. That's terrifying. So no, you should not be taking the vaccine. Do not do it. Do not take it. It's stupid. And the more people that we have that say no, that won't take it, the more likely it will be that they cannot mandate that you have to have the vaccine to do things. 
you can still acquire it after you've been vaccinated. This is what we've been saying all along. This virus will not go away. This virus will be with us for a very, very long time. Possibly forever. And so vaccines are only going to be partially effective. What we need to be focusing on is stuff to treat the symptoms, make it easier for people to survive it, make it easier to recover, and go back to life exactly as we were before. Exactly as we were before. Anything less than that is a failure of the public health system, a failure of the government, and a failure of the public mentality to focus less on the quote-unquote public safety and more and more on individual freedom, which comes with its own set of responsibilities. Yeah, I take responsibility that if I'm sick, I won't go into a nursing home. That would be irresponsible. That would be cruel. People would probably die as a result of my actions. I don't have the freedom to do that now. With extra freedom comes extra responsibility. Yeah, if we're sick, we're not going to go visit people. When we went up on February the 20th, we had one person that backed out last minute because they were feeling sick. If people are feeling sick and have symptoms, then yeah, they can pass something on. Just like we were exactly how we were living with the flu. So don't, don't give me this garbage that we have to live with these public health measures forever and ever and ever. Because we have to get new versions of the vaccine forever and ever and ever. And we always have to get new versions of the vaccine to be able to engage with society. Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to do that. That would be brainless. So don't. Final story. So this is something, of course, that the blind one, Tasty, takes wanted me to go over Taiwan news. China expands its two Air Force bases closest to Taiwan. Mid dramatically more frequent incursions by China's military planes into Taiwan's air defense identification zone, China appears to be expanding its two air bases closest to Taiwan. Google Earth images of the two closest People's Liberation Army Air Force bases show evidence and math of expansions. The bases in question sit 170 kilometers and 190 kilometers away, respectively, enabling Chinese aircraft to reach Taipei within seven minutes. Satellite images show the runways of both facilities have been renovated and enlarged. The airports can serve as transit hubs as well as bases to shelter bombers in times of war. Now, of course, you may be wondering, why is that relevant? Why is that so scary? Well, it's scary for mainly for the people of Taiwan in that the Chinese government has said that if the Taiwanese declare themselves to be independent, then that will be seen as an act of war. And China will kill them. China will take over Taiwan. And currently, as it sits, the kind of global population, the world government, the UN, the WHO, all these things are owned by the Chinese. If China invades Taiwan like they invaded Hong Kong and took it over, then the UN and NAFTA and all these other organizations, NAFTA is no longer a thing. It was replaced by the USMCA. But it was the, what's that agency? The NATO. NATO won't do crap against China. NATO is, NATO is shaking in its boots, especially now that Biden is in control, because Trump was the only force that actually said, hmm, China, you're evil. 
I'm going to stop you. I'm going to fight against you. I'm going to declare what you're doing a genocide. A lot of places in the world won't do that. The United States won't do that. Canada won't do that right now. So will these places do anything if China invades Taiwan? Probably not. But China should always be ringing in this radar of evil. Because China is no better than Nazi Germany. They are that evil. They are that evil. And they must be stopped. They must be told no more. Grow up, shut up, and stick to where you're at, because otherwise we're going to smack you down. And if we let China roam and grow for too long, then eventually when China declares war, who's going to be left to fight them? Stop China now, or not be able to later. That's what we're facing right now. Anyways, that's the show today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you are on any of our podcast platforms, please download, share this video with your friends. If you are on Facebook, give us five stars, review, and share these videos with your friends, coworkers, yada yada. If you are on Parlor, echo, upvote, follow our channel. We usually have weekly things going on, like me Monday and Statement Sunday, that I usually like to engage with our followers with. If we have more feedback on Parlor, we'll do more communication with those we have connections with. And of course, if you are on YouTube, which is our most recent platform that we've been on for now two and a half weeks, not even that, we've been on Parlor, we've been on YouTube for a week and a half. So, gotten so far some pretty good results from YouTube. Hoping to continue to grow, hoping to continue to expand, get bigger, and have live streams where we actually have a decent amount of engagement. So that'd be great. So follow, comment, we'd love it all. And remember, here at the Half Blind Hecklers, we may be blind, but we can still see the truth. Have a good night, everybody. God bless.